Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing Bitcoin blowing up, cars that hold their value, and Christmas trees. So hot right now. Yeah, buddy, that's right. Every Friday episode, you and I, we tackle several headlines, uh, and specifically, we're talking about how they relate to our personal finances, how they relate to our money. We've got those stories, plus several others that we're going to get to. But first, man, I wanted to mention, uh, I wanted to have a little discussion on firewood. Oh, okay. So several weeks ago, a storm uh, downed a bunch of trees uh, in our, you know, in Atlanta and in around our neighborhoods. It was the same storm, actually, that knocked that branch into your window. Yes, it was. And shattered it. (laughs) (laughs) But there were a bunch of huge old hundred-year-old oaks that, that got taken down by that storm. And I have been going around and I've been picking up firewood on the side of the road. I've been picking that up, splitting it. You and I, we actually did some wood splitting uh, recently after we recorded one Friday episode. Nice to feel like a lumberjack that day. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a good workout too, man. It's a lot of fun. But so I, I kind of wanted to ask you the question in, in your mind, is it frugal or cheap to, you know, if you see some firewood on the side of the road or if you see a down tree and it's cut up into perfect length sections, you know, would you take that and load it up in your car and, and, and take it home? Oh, heck yeah. Would you come back and make four more trips? Because, <laughs> which is also what I did because I felt like I had hit the jackpot, man. Like these pieces were, were cut into perfect length rounds and I was like, this is the perfect kind of wood I can take home and split to use for bonfires. Yeah, so, so sometimes they're just way too big right not manageable unless yeah, yeah, you yeah. also have a chainsaw which i don't cut them yeah, even further right um but no dude i don't i think that's frugal man take advantage of the free firewood and i i saw your pile in the it's backyard it's free fuel man it's, it's pretty impressive how big your oh, pile's this, gotten this, the uh, the split wood pile yeah exactly I got it uh, tucked up under the playhouse there and so part of the reason obviously it's fun to have bonfires in the backyard but kate and i we actually recently purchased a wood burning stove and so that's a part of the reason why we've kind of doubled down on our fuel collection efforts. We want to make sure we've got plenty of firewood to be able to burn. For us, it's kind of, a, I guess, a nostalgic thing. Like back after college, I had a wood-burning stove and I lived up in North Carolina. And it was literally the only source of heat <laughs> in our house. And so ever since those days, right, that's when Kate and I first started dating. She was still in college, but she would drive up and visit. Uh, and, you know, we'd always have a bunch of friends over. We've got the fire going. It was, we've got very fond memories of uh, the joy that a wood-burning stove brought us. Uh, and so we actually gifted that to each other for Christmas uh, coming up. But also, man, it turns out that this is the perfect time to buy one of those because there is a $300 federal tax credit for biomass stoves. Oh, there you go. And a wood stove 100% qualifies as a biomass stove. It's got to meet some specific requirements. But other than that, man, I mean, for us, that almost halved the, the cost of the stove. We got a $700 stove. We're going to get $300 off of the federal tax credit. So we're only paying 400 bucks. And for us, man, that's, that's money well spent. Yeah, wood-burning stoves like produce a really luxurious kind of heat, I feel like. Oh, uh, it's it's a good way to describe it. <laughs> Instead of, you know... This is that premium heat. Exactly. That's the way it feels. It kind of like um, cuts through everything the heat does. Like your your couch feels warm all the way through. <laughs> and so it's like radiating heat to you while you're sitting on it. Um, I don't personally have one, but yeah, they're awesome, man. So I'm um, glad you're able to get the... The sweet federal tax credit. Yeah, 300 bucks, dude. Cut the price down We on were it. thinking about it anyway, but with that added incentive, I thought, okay, no, this is the perfect time to, to go for it. And the thing is, you have to take advantage of that before the end of this year. So that tax credit, you have to have made the purchase before December 31st. So time is running out. I'll put a link to uh, more information on that tax credit if others out there are interested. Nice. All right. Sounds good. And real quick, before we get into the stories we found interesting this week too, Matt and I are planning an end of the year episode. And what we want to do inside of that episode is to feature your money wins. Where have you succeeded when it comes to your personal finances in 2020? So similar to our Ask HTM episodes where you submit a voice memo um, and then we answer those questions. Well, we want to hear your voice telling us and telling your fellow listeners about your money wins this year. It can be as simple as having cut a habitual expense that you had every week or something really huge like quitting a stressful job or paying down a massive chunk of student loans. And with 2020 being uh, such a dumpster fire, it's <laughs> it's going to be so nice to hear everybody's money wins and to be able to celebrate them together. And I think that episode is going to be a lot of fun and also just give everybody out there just some more ideas when it comes to saving money. So yeah, please send those in. Just create a voice memo on your phone and shoot us an email at howtomoneypod at gmail com and we'll feature those in a special episode at the end of the year. Yeah, man, that's right. And we you know we were just talking about wood down trees. Let's talk about Christmas trees for a second. Christmas tree sales 
are spiking this year, dude. Both uh, the real trees out there as well as the artificial ones. Uh, I feel like this kind of gels with what I've heard from different family and neighbors buying trees. But uh, Joel, this is kind of like the boxers or briefs question. <laughs> where, where do you land on this? Are you uh, do you do the real tree or you do the artificial tree? See, I'm a both and kind of guy, right? So we have <laughs> not the, surprisingly, you're, you're the boxer brief guy. We uh, we have the the real Christmas tree inside the house. We have an artificial Christmas tree on the front porch that we it was like a hand me down tree from my parents. So uh, yeah, they they actually nice. went out to get a new tree this year, and they said like there were very few left. Apparently, the stock has been picked over. And then I talked to another friend, and they were going to pick up a live Christmas tree. It sounded like the line was out of the parking lot in order to pick one up. So um, I don't know. I guess I got lucky going like literally the first day they started selling them. But I'm all about both, man. Like you don't have to have just one. We have we got a bunch of trees in our house. <laughs> I know that you guys have been uh, wanting to get that front porch tree going on because did, was it last year that you saw one on the side of the road and you picked it up? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but it was trash. <laughs> it was just a piece of junk. Like no it, wonder it was. It had snapped in half or something, and they had taped it, and you could, you didn't see that right away. So you loaded it up, took it home, and set it, was it up. So heavy. It was so heavy. <laughs> and Emily was like. No, we we can't put this up. No, she wanted me to get it. She told me to go back and get it, and I was like, well, "All right." At I'll the do time, it. you didn't know that it was busted up. I didn't but know once you brought it home, you, you realized that you can't keep that thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we're one hundred percent on the artificial tree, dude. For years, Kate and I, uh, it, it is the most money savvy uh, yeah, way to go, right? Yes, dude. Okay, so last year we bought this tree. It was one hundred and fifty bucks with tax, uh, and this is a nine foot tree, so it's huge, right? Dude, you pay for an eight to nine foot tree uh, here locally. You're paying like ninety bucks yeah. for that, and so. You hang onto this tree once and, and use it a second year, and it more than pays for itself, first of all, right? I got a seven to eight foot for 50 bucks. So that's good. That's not terrible, but. But even still, like three years right. of using that artificial tree is going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to pay for itself at that point. And then for us, though, it's, dude, it's about the convenience. In recent years, when we've gone to pick out the tree, we're just going to the big hardware store. Like we don't go to, you know, a, a lot. We don't go to a farm. It, if it, dude, if we lived in North Carolina and we're going to like a Fraser fir Christmas tree farm and we get to pick it out and cut it and do that whole thing, sure, that's a completely different story though. You know, like you're paying for the experience. Experience, yeah. But I don't know. Living in the city, it's just kind of like, all right, let's go get the tree real quick, and we kind of just find one real quick, load it, throw it in the van. It's not like this experience, and it's just kind of a hassle. And so for us, man, with the kids being able to this year for the first time to pull it out of the attic, walk it down the steps, set it up, throw the you know get the lights on there. Oh my gosh, it was. So nice <laughs> to not have to worry about waiting in line or wrestling with the fact that you know the place where we put the tree every year is directly uh, over a heating vent. <laughs> There's all these things that have been going against us when it comes to real trees. But I will say I'm going to miss the smell. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do smell good. But I don't know. You can get some balsam fir candles or something. You know, make it feel like that. And we've we've also got a bunch of those going too. So. Yeah, they sell those at Aldi as well. So. Yep, we got them from Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them last time I was there. Well, so yeah, to any of our listeners who haven't yet bought a Christmas tree, good luck, because I I think the prices are going up um, on both real and artificial trees. So hope you find something awesome for yeah. your house. Well, they're saying too, but a lot of folks are doing it for the experience as well. Just like getting outdoors, getting some fresh air. It's a fun, safe kind of activity that the family can do, given the few options we've had this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Matt, let's talk about Bitcoin for a minute. It's something that we actually, I don't think I've ever talked about Bitcoin on the podcast. Just in passing, I think. Yeah, just uh, maybe as like a little uh, fodder for jokes. <laughs> but our listeners are probably 
probably actually seen a lot of headlines recently about how Bitcoin is blowing up. Uh, it hasn't been priced this high since right around three years ago. And evidently, a big reason that it surged back then, a few years back, was due to folks sitting around the table at Thanksgiving, explaining to family members how it works. And then everyone went home and bought some of it themselves. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a, a perfect uh, family conversation uh, around you know on the holidays. Like, let's avoid politics. Let's talk about Bitcoin instead. Why not? <laughs> and then if that was you, the price of Bitcoin went up between Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2017. But then you ended up sitting on a pretty big loss as the price of Bitcoin has basically cratered since then, up until just about a month ago. And now, Matt, Bitcoin is back on the rise. Yeah, for a, a host of different reasons. It's, it's kind of on the rise again. We won't dive into all that. But man, the thing is, neither of us own any Bitcoin for the same reason that like we don't own any gold, right? And that's because it isn't an investment. You know, Bitcoin's best case scenario is that it is kind of viewed similarly as gold, right? In that it's a, a way to store value, meaning that like it's something that holds its value and doesn't depreciate, right? Um, but lately, man, like its wild price swings show that that's not necessarily the case. You know, at the moment, it is more speculation uh, than investing. It's not really an investment. It's it's truly a medium for exchange, not unlike gold. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a lot of why people are getting into Bitcoin. They're getting excited. They see the headlines and then they say, well, I want a piece of that. It's fun to be on the run-up of something that's moving quickly. But that, of course, makes it a speculative investing right. decision, not a solid future investment to hold for a whole lot of years. So we would suggest instead uh, ignoring the headlines for now and invest in widely diversified index funds, maybe some real estate. Don't let FOMO, your fear of missing out, get the best of you to where you're dropping your maybe year-end bonus on like some cryptocurrency investing. Do you want to dabble just a little bit? Well, Matt and I would be okay with that if you follow this rule. No more than 1% of your portfolio should be used for speculative purposes. And in particular, Bitcoin is incredibly speculative. So don't put enough of your money at risk investing in Bitcoin where it would cause you to lose sleep at night if the price came crashing back down. Yeah. And it is possible to actually make some money you know, if you if you're going to buy Bitcoin, right? We're not saying that that is you know not going to happen. Yeah, it's not that you can't invest some of your money and do well. You yeah, know? There, there's a chance you will. I actually had a buddy text me the other day, and he said, "I know you advise against single stock <laughs> investing, but I bought Tesla just over a year ago. I put in like four grand, and now I'm at like twenty eight grand. And I was like, good for him. Way to go, dude. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. It's not that some people don't make money. And granted. He hasn't made money yet until he sells and decides that he's going to you know, cash out. And that's always the difficult part about investing in something speculative or investing in a single stock. It's like- Or investing in the short term. Right. right? Like yeah. when, when am I going to take my cash exactly. off the table? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too. Like even stock investing, there's no guarantee, right? Like anytime you see, you hear any advertisement or see anything, like they always say that past performance doesn't is not a, a promise or indicator of future results, right? Uh, there's always that disclaimer because even with a stock market, there's no guarantee that it's going to continue to go up but at least with the stock market right like we've seen like over 100 years worth of stock market data and we've seen on average uh the stock market go up 10% every single year versus uh bitcoin it's only even been around for 10 years right and so it's hard to gauge how steady of the type of performance that you're going to see out of something like bitcoin 
And so down the road, we might change our tune, right? As there have been more and more years of growth. And as we've been able to, to track the performance of Bitcoin, it's like maybe like this, the stock market was back in the early days. It's like, ooh, not too sure. <laughs> like, how's this actually going to pan out? How's this going to perform? But because we've had so much time and so many years that we can look back to and reference, uh, that gives me much more confidence when it comes to investing in the stock market, especially the stock market as a whole or smaller indexes like the S&P 500, as compared to cryptocurrency. Yeah. So if you've got Bitcoin headline fatigue, um, so do we. And, and maybe <laughs> just just don't invest according to the headlines. That's always a bad way to go, right? Um, and, and Matt, speaking of fatigue, I've been seeing some stories about pandemic fatigue. Um, oh, I, you're tired of it? <laughs> I'm definitely tired of it. Oh, I am too. Okay. I think we all are to a certain degree. And I think it's influencing our behaviors. It's it's influencing how people are acting and what we're buying, um, including people are really tired of cooking at home right now, uh, especially right if you cooked a big Thanksgiving meal last week. That makes sense. Maybe you're, yeah, that was a big <laughs> endeavor. But this fatigue is particularly leading people to get takeout more frequently. Um, and by the way, we're all about supporting local restaurants when you can at this time and if it fits into your budget. But at the same time, I think the even worse thing is just leading people to buy more processed and packaged foods when they do go to the grocery store. Mm. So yeah, frozen pizzas, chicken wings in a bag, <laughs> that kind of stuff that's terrible for you. Dude, it makes me think of in college, I used to buy this uh, shredded barbecue that came in a little tub. Uh, I think it was called Lloyd's. Okay. And there's no way that that was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the, these processed, Very packaged processed. foods, yeah, they're, they're almost always worse for you from a health standpoint. And two, they cost more money. They're not great from you from a, a budget standpoint either. So, I know we're all going through some pandemic fatigue. But if you have found yourself reaching for those prepackaged items that are really unhealthy more recently, um, best to stay away. Yeah, man. Yeah. For your health, stick to the fresh foods whenever possible. And for your budget, make it a point to try to do more cooking at home, even if you are kind of getting tired of it. Think through. Try to find some ways to spice it up. We'd recommend for you to check out uh, BudgetBites.com and see how low you can get the price per serving. And by the way, that's Bites with a Y. B-Y-T-E-S. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we uh, interviewed Beth on the podcast. Uh, when was that? Er- earlier this year? Yeah, she was uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We can link to that episode in our show notes. But yeah, referring back to her site, man, that could be one way to try out some new dishes while you know challenging yourself to eat in. Uh, and eat healthier and at the same time save more money while you're doing it. No doubt. Matt also saw that the, the U.S. Federal Communication Commission um, has... FCC. FCC, yeah, has announced that you still can't talk on the phone on a plane in the United <laughs> States. And even though, like, right, like, I think it's not a safety issue. No, it's not about the technology. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, we can safely talk on phones in the air and yes. it's not going to adversely affect yes. airplanes. But you know what? I'm so glad they did it because <laughs> I just can't imagine sitting next to someone with, a, a, you know, an hour long conversation on a flight. Yes. How annoying would that be? Uh, so, yeah, I'm down with the FCC's ruling, even if <laughs> it's safe to actually call somebody on a flight. Yeah, man. I mean, the thought of being, tr- you know, stuck on a plane next to somebody where they're just yammering on for, for hours on end. That sounds terrible. <laughs> like being a cat. <laughs> Captive audience like that because that's the thing you can't get up and go somewhere else well imagine you to, if there's you got to stay in your seat 15 people all around oh you gosh. talking to their significant <laughs> other or to their boss or whoever it is and it's like just the noise level in an airplane could just get well it's already high but yeah it sounds like it'd be worse uh, drastically worse yeah. i think yeah well maybe what's at the crux of the issue here dude is consideration because <laughs> i saw that in europe it is allowed and so it makes me wonder that here in the states just are we not as considerate to others uh, you know like because i it makes me wonder like okay well folks in europe 
Europe, they're able to fly around and they're, you know, they talk on the phone and it's not a problem. So I don't know. Maybe uh, Europeans are a little bit more considerate of their fellow passengers. That could be. That's why we can't have nice things here in the U.S., buddy. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) All right. Well, we got more to get to, Matt, including what people should do with their FSA money if they haven't spent it yet and a new study about the depreciation of cars. We'll get to some of those stories and more right after this break. Cachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, buddy, we are back from the break and let's hit the stories. The other stories that we, we wanted to cover today, uh, we saw that The Visual Capitalist, which, by the way, is an awesome blog, they recently released an interesting article on some different trends that have been occurring during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it's just really interesting to see the visuals of some of the changes that we know have been happening around us since COVID has basically changed everything, right? Uh, a couple of the most severe trends include uh, a massive rise in screen time, understandably, yeah, right? It makes sense. Virtual school exactly. and just, you know, virtual work. I'll that stuff. The uh, the rapid rise of e-commerce is something that has been happening, but obviously with our inability or hesitancy, you know, to go in store to, to do shopping, we're you know we're looking to to shop more online. Yeah, the amount of change was just stunning, uh, and yeah. the prediction for the future amount that will of online shopping that will do the trajectory has just completely changed because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and also too, they noted the 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 change in company mindset towards you know, working at home. You know, many companies who were solidly against working from home were forced into it due to the pandemic. But 98% of employees want to be able to continue to work at home, at least in some capacity, moving forward. 98%. That's crazy. I know, right? Uh, And most employers, 82%, are down with that. And so it's interesting to see, man, just how much our world has changed in 2020. Uh, It's something that I think we knew was happening at the beginning of the year. Like We realized that, like, wow, this is the first modern pandemic. This isn't something that any of us have really lived through. uh, And it's kind of crazy to see how these changes actually are taking place. Yeah, and I love the visual capitalist in particular because the graphs and the the way they draw it their infographics yeah the infographics <laughs> like it, it's they're so impressive and they really help drive home the points that they're making and one of the other fascinating stats in that piece was more that more than half of Americans are happy to pay more money for an item if it means not having to interact with a retail clerk it's like we're prioritizing <laughs> our health more than we are our dollars which is understandable um, and so yeah it's not because you think the retail clerk is, is mean or is, <laughs> you know or anything like that it really truly is you know more of a prioritization, I think, of curbside pickup or home delivery because you're being cautious about your health. Dude, I also feel like it, it has something to do with the fact that millennials are spending more money too, right? Like, yeah. I feel like that's a way where it might be costing millennials a little bit more. Like, we're a generation that are digital natives. And so the ability to communicate via text messages, online chat, uh, like, I would personally rather do that a lot of times than oh, have yeah. to talk with somebody in person, you know, and face to face communication. In particular, now, like you said, like when you are wearing a mask, like the aspects of talking to somebody in person aren't fun anymore. You know, yeah. like, like there's so much that's lost when it comes to the visual cues and the different things that you pick up on when you're talking with somebody in person. The way you can connect with someone yes. is so much harder. Exactly. And so on top of that, you take a generation uh, and it's like, well, we didn't, I didn't really care. I mean, I like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking to my friends. But if I have an option to just click something, yeah, that sounds really nice. You know, and so the ability to do that more and more, make purchases online, paying more for that, I think is, is a result of that, even if the prices are a little 
little bit higher. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next story, Matt. This one's about car depreciation. And there was a new study that was released by iccars.com that ranked the types of vehicles out there that hold their value the best and the ones that don't hold their value very well. Surprisingly, a couple of Jeep Wranglers and a couple <laughs> uh, Toyota pickup trucks depreciate the least, and they took four of the top five spots. If you think about it, I guess this kind of makes sense, right? As the design of Wranglers and Toyota trucks are, are pretty classic. They don't really change that much year to year. So folks are willing to pay top dollar for a five-year-old Jeep because they still look kind of like the new models. Yeah, yeah. You see just the icon of the Jeep Wrangler and it's like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of what it looked like 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Dude, on the chart of vehicles that depreciate the most, dude, it is all fancy luxury cars like a Maserati, a couple of Mercedes were on there, and a ton of BMWs were on that list. So whereas the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited only depreciated 30% over its first five years. A BMW 7 Series drops over 70% in value, dude. That is so crazy. That is insane. And so I guess if you're in the market for a luxury sedan, then you know buying used is definitely the way to go. But even still, you know they, they point to the fact that the Jeep Wrangler, it only depreciates 30%. Even that, in my mind, is kind of crazy. It's a lot. Like, that is a lot of money. Like, 30% over five years. And the average, just the overall average is 50%. Like, that's the average car depreciation in the first five years is 50%. So, you're looking at 10% every single year. And we were just talking about the stock market, right? And how, you know, the average return every single year is 10%. So, literally, buying a car new, like, you're basically doing the I mean, the complete opposite of investing your money. Instead of seeing your money grow at 10% every year, you're literally watching that amount of money go down by 10% every single year. Yeah. And that's, I, that's not to say that, you know, you should never buy a car, but at the same time, it's just so important to be aware of that. Yeah. You have to know the numbers. Yeah. You have to realize how big of a deal depreciation is. It's actually the number one cost of car ownership. People maybe obsess over gas mileage, a few more miles to the gallon. <laughs> exactly. Right. Or something like that. But what they should be looking at is specifically how much depreciation am I likely to uh, to see from buying this car. 70% yeah. on a BMW 7 Series. Maybe that that's high. where the 7 comes from because they're like, oh, <laughs> the, the higher the series, the more the depreciation. So 5 Series, only 50%. Yeah, pr- pretty costly. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, the Nissan Leaf, which is a car that I owned for six and a half years and just recently uh, departed with, was on the list of cars with highest depreciation. That makes sense, right? The, the older EV models um, are depreciating more rapidly um, in large part because of the increases in technology. I knew what I was getting into when I did that. And part of the reason that I bought that car was because of federal and state tax incentives, which essentially cut the price of that car in half. Yeah. Not unlike my wood stove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you bought a Nissan Leaf like me, if you were one of the few people that, that actually bought one back then, then you might've taken a big hit too, but in all likelihood, it wasn't that bad of a hit because of the tax incentives that went along with that purchase. Right, yeah. And also, man, since we're out of money, we've got to mention the most affordable cars out there that hold their value the best, uh, and that is the Honda Fit, the Honda Civic, Toyota Corolla, and the Kia Soul. All four of those cars were at the top of the heap, man. I, I love those cars. <laughs> you know, not only are they affordable and they hold their value well, but they're also just crazy reliable, have low overall cost of ownership in large part, like you mentioned, because of the depreciation is so low. Uh, and now too, now that you sold your Nissan, man, you and I are both. Uh, the only car that you guys have, the only car that we have is a Honda. And so a little hat tip to all the Honda owners out there. Toyota and Kia as well, I guess. <laughs> they did well. Yeah. Um, all right, man, let's move on. Uh, I was reminded recently that people need to be really thinking about uh, their FSA money, their flexible spending account money, and they need to use it wisely at the end of the year. Uh, some of our listeners might have hundreds or even thousands of dollars left over 
in their FSA that they haven't used. And, and while many companies will allow you to roll over up to $500 into next year, make sure you don't completely lose some of it by not using it at all. And that's always been the worst part about FSAs is that you allocate money um, hoping that you'll spend it all uh, in the upcoming year. And then if you don't, you actually lose it when you roll over to the next year. FSAs are a way to avoid tax on some of your healthcare spending. And we think it's a great vehicle, but you have to be kind of cautious in how you approach it. And so for folks out there who have money left over in their FSA that they haven't spent this year, uh, make sure to go check and see how much you have left in there um, and use it up so you don't lose it. Yeah. And one of the reasons too that the uh, the CDC points to that there is so much money in a lot of individuals' FSAs is because a third of adults have skipped out on routine checkups and whatnot yeah. because of COVID. Yet again, one of the ways that COVID has changed our lives this year. You've got an FSA, don't you? That's right. Yeah. You, you, uh, you got a, a heap of money kind of sitting there that you're going <laughs> to spend on Band-Aids? No, I got a little bit left in there, but I'll make sure it all gets spent. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So you can spend it. You can spend that money on a lot of different things, right? You can spend it on over-the-counter meds, thermometers, sunscreen, eyeglasses and contacts, even hearing aids. Um, I think What'd you man, say? <laughs> <laughs> such a nerd. I almost repeated myself. <laughs> I think previously, too, we mentioned uh, how menstrual products are also now qualify as FSA eligible. So, you know, these are all things that you can stock up on in order to, to make sure that your FSA money doesn't go down the drain. Yeah, for sure, Matt. All right. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention on this episode I, w- I wanted us to talk about was the former CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea. Um, sadly, he died last week from injuries that he suffered from a house fire while visiting some of his family members in Connecticut. The details are still being investigated, and obviously, it's a it's an incredible tragedy. But it just reminded me of kind of the life that he lived and the ways in which he left a real mark, both in business and um, just as an individual. The way that he lived and has bent towards happiness, especially the happiness of others, is worth mentioning. Um, He lived his life essentially in a way that he wanted his employees and everyone he surrounded himself with to be to be incredibly happy and and that guided everything that he did in business and in his personal life um so yeah it was just sad to hear about um, his tragic passing but it reminded me of a life that he lived and the life that he lived he he lived really well at least from everything i've read yeah at one point he said that his definition of success is that you could lose everything you have and truly be okay with it Man, I love that. I, I think that's a great definition. Um, and not only was he a, a really interesting guy, he really changed the way that companies think about how they run their businesses and the, and the customer experience in particular. You know, all of that came out of his mission to to make other people happy. Uh, there is an old episode I remember listening to of How I Built This, I think, where he was uh, being interviewed there, and he was talking about how Zappos was a customer service company that happens to sell shoes, right? And so, in, in his mind, he was way more interested in the impact that you can have on other individuals, the, the, the impacts that you can have on people's lives versus the actual thing, whatever that happens to be that you're selling. Uh, I think that's a, an amazing philosophy and outlook on, on how you approach life. We could totally use some more companies like that. And we could totally use uh, more leaders leading companies who believe in that. And so to that, Tony will, will definitely be missed. Yeah. One of the coolest things I read too was that he lived in an Airstream. So he yeah. <laughs> he really put his money where his mouth was. He valued experiences 
over things. Um, and he valued... Different way of looking at the world. Yeah, he valued his happiness and other people's happiness over money. And, you know, we talk about money a lot on the show. We want people to handle their money well. But amassing huge, huge amounts of money so you can live a, a super fancy lifestyle isn't something that you and I are about. And it's not something that Tony Shea was about. So, yeah, we felt compelled to mention that on the show. And so, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. We wish you the happiest of weekends um, and hope to see you back here on Monday where we're interviewing our friend Rich, who's going to talk about negotiating a pay raise and what it looks like to navigate the current job environment. So, yeah, that's going to be a really good one. You don't want to miss it. That's right. And if you like this show, don't forget to tell a friend about it. So, Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.